You're listening to Hope for Today Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the Word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. I'm going to invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, And today I like to share with you a message on the spiritual gift of faith and how the spiritual gift of faith manifests. And so that's the title for today, how the spiritual gift of faith uh, manifests. We're looking to 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. As we go to verse 9, the key thing we want to take away here today, the big idea is the gift of faith is a supernatural trust. A supernatural trust in God's miraculous power for specific situations. And the reason why that is, is in the Greek, the word for faith there, first is rendered trust and then faith. And when it says gift, the word in the Greek charismata is speaking to a bestowed gift that is bestowed freely and generously. The supernatural trust of faith in God. Like we're singing the song was so fitting and so wonderful that we trust in God. But there's something special about the moving of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit to trust. Even when we may be in the natural, we don't have it. Maybe there's some disbelief happening. And so to help illustrate this, we're going to look to the example of not only Jesus' ministry, but also the book of Daniel and the three men or the three guys in the fiery furnace. And then we'll also look to a story of a young martyr. And so let's begin by looking to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9 together. Uh, You can say it with me as we wait for it to show up on the screen. 1 Corinthians 12, 9 says, To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. Here the Apostle Paul, and point number one is emphasizing this is a gift of faith that is supernatural. Um, The things that I've said in the past that are, are so wonderful is that his natural, when it intersects with us, becomes supernatural. Supernatural. And a supernatural is defined as this, a manifestation or event attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding of the laws of nature. Of the laws of nature. And speaking of the laws of nature, you know, sometimes things happen. I'm just going to say, Isaiah, technologically, if something's happening on our feed, for those watching online, just turn off the pro presenter feed there on OBS, okay? And so things happen. Laws of nature. Right now I can see we're experiencing a law of nature. Something is happening that's not understandable. Um, but in this case of point, we all experience issues and fires in our life, as, as Brad was saying today as he was leading us. But Paul is emphasizing that in that place, the Holy Spirit comes and resides and rests upon us and is the force, as we see by definition, to give us faith beyond understanding. How we can trust and believe God in a situation when it doesn't make sense. 
having a measure of faith no, no matter what lays before us. You know, when we started this church plant, just to share a personal story just for a moment, when I knew that this was seated in my heart and I had faith for it, there were a few that came alongside and said, it's, it's not going to happen. In fact, I had one say, it's going to be impossible because of your beliefs of Scripture. It's very countercultural. And you know what, I, I kind of, and, and to be totally honest, kind of chuckled because this, this was coming from a person of ministry. And yet I believed in the heart of hearts, if that's the saying how it goes, that I believed that the Lord was not only calling me to this and leading this, but as a collective assembly to believe and to trust in God that he truly is our hope for today in every circumstance. A measure of faith, no matter what, the fact that I was giving up um, a, a good remuneration, the best, you know, even um, salary I've, I ever had as a minister of the gospel, thinking, Lord, this is, I'm, I'm all in, trusting that he was going to provide, and he has. And there's these moments where we, we face situations, we face obstacles that we truly find what we're made of and what our faith in God is really made of. And here I appreciate so personally, verse 9, is that the Holy Spirit enables us to trust God in extraordinary ways for specific situations, trusting in his miraculous power no matter what. And you might be here wondering, well, how exactly is it supernatural well, simply Paul's showing us that it's supernatural because it is a gift that the Holy Spirit disperses. It says in verse 11, one and the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. Distributing to each person as he wills. And so the heroes of faith, as you, you flip through the pages of Scripture, you'll see that they model for us this type of faith. Saving faith, but this faith in the miraculous power of God, no matter what. And so the writer of Hebrews in uh, chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. The reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. For by this our ancestors were, were approved. And so here you can see they had this special ability to visualize the reality of God's wonder-working power in a special way in their given situation. Noah was able to see in the midst of the people mocking him, the fact that he was building a boat that made no sense, there had been no rain for such a long amount of time, and yet he had faith, he was undeterred, and he built the ark, and then the rain and the floods came. We go and look throughout the chapters, and I encourage you to look to Hebrews 11. But as we park there for a moment, point number two that's so important is this. We all have faith. I don't want you to walk away from here today and say, well, only a few of us can have faith. And then you walk out deterred. No, we all have faith. In fact, it is by faith in Jesus that you were saved in the first place. It's the same work of the Holy Spirit. And it's important to note, as we look to this verse, that the gift that Paul is talking about is not the saving faith that we experience and enjoy today. Let's look to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 for a moment. It says this, For you are saved by grace through faith, 
And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. And I underlined it. Saved, it's a gift of God. It's not from works that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. And so we can see right from in verse 8, for you are saved by grace through faith. He's showing us here that this is a gift not only for all who believe, but it's a saving grace. The way that we come to salvation. And this is for the whole world, all who place their faith, all who believe in Jesus Christ, according to John 3, 16 and 17. By faith in Christ alone, it's important to be reminded of this fact that we are delivered daily from the consequences of sin and are eternally in right relationship with him no matter what. Even the followers of Jesus asked him about this saving work, the, the work that God was doing through the world and then what he was working through his Messiah. As they encountered this through faith, they asked Jesus in John 6, 28, what can we do to perform the works of God, they asked. And Jesus replied, this is the work of God that you believe in the one he sent. Look at that again. This is the work of God. And they're thinking, okay, I'm ready. I got my notepad. I'm going to jot it all down. It's simple, that you believe in the one he has sent. And so the believing in the finished works of Jesus is the work of the Holy Spirit in every believer that is us. There's no doubt about it. In fact, in Hebrews 7, 24, it says, and uh, 25, sorry, therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him since he always lives to intercede for them. One of my favorite verses, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. The fact that you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that he has the power and authority to save, that you are saved completely, there's no doubts whatsoever. And so with this in mind, I believe that we can rest even greater in this passage of Scripture in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 9, that because our eternal relationship is intact, we can really now rally behind what Paul is encouraging us, what he's exhorting to us even today in 1 Corinthians 12, 9, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. And in case you're taking notes or fire for effect, this spiritual gift is a manifestation of trust beyond understanding. Enabling you, think about the next time you face a circumstance, enabling you to trust in God in extraordinary ways in that situation. We've all been there. We've all faced them, whether it's relationships or with our careers or, you know, working in different enterprises, even in the faith community. We've all been there. But the gift, the spiritual gift of faith enables us by the Holy Spirit to see beyond that situation, that current reality, if you will, with the faith or the vision of faith of our new reality in Jesus. 
a new reality in Jesus. So this faith can include, very importantly, faith for healing. We're going to get more into that next week. But here we see an example in Mark chapter 5, for sake of time, there's a woman who is dealing with uh, suffering from a hemorrhage of bleeding that she's had for over 12 years. And so she approached Jesus. She had heard that he had this, you know, a, a ministry, this ability to heal. And if she could just touch the hem of his garment, that she would be healed. For 12 years, she went through all the steps. She went through all these processes. But in that moment, because of faith, Jesus said that he felt power go out from him, flow out from him. And the woman was instantly healed. The gift of faith. Think about it. What stands out in this story or this woman's story is an unwavering trust in Jesus and his miraculous power for her situation. Trust in Jesus, his miraculous power, his natural becoming super in our life. And her faith was not based on human reason because at the beginning of Mark chapter 5, it says she went to countless doctors and we're not harping on the medical community because my brother's a physician and they're so uh, important. But here, they couldn't figure it out. It was beyond medical understanding. It was beyond the empirical evidence. But it wasn't beyond Jesus' authority and power. And when Jesus says, when you believe in me, Ask anything in my name and I will do it. And you will do these works and even greater works. The fact that we believe and the Holy Spirit comes alongside us because we're situated in Christ and is able to you know, intersect in our life and with our spirit and to grant us, if you will, manifest a natural, supernatural trust of God for our situation. And because of her faith, we're told the end of Mark 5, 34, he said, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. I want to encourage you today, even with those words of Scripture, daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed. Allow these words to permeate in your spirit this afternoon from your, your prayers and desires and the need that you have in your body because the Lord can move right now. Right now. The spiritual gift of faith. How else is the spiritual gift of faith manifest? Well, this gift of faith could be realized in our willingness to face obstacles, persecutions, and even martyrdom. The last one is a little more you know, unrelated to today because not many in North America face martyrdom. But that's where the supernatural gift of faith could be realized. Without missing a beat, the steadfast, unwavering trust in God, no matter what. And so to help us understand this gift that Paul's looking at here, let's look to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to trust God no matter what we face. If you have your Bibles, Daniel chapter 3 in Daniel chapter 3, we see that there are these three wise guys. And they're friends of Daniel. They're counterparts. And you can leave that there. That's great, Isaiah. They're counterparts. And in fact, in Daniel chapter 2, it said that David went to the king and that as a result, they were giving key administrative roles 
in Babylon. As Daniel remained in the king's court, these men were recognized for their wisdom, and yet collectively, they did not bow down before the golden statue, the golden image, the idol that scholars believe was the Babylonian god of wisdom called Nebo. Not Nemo, Nebo. Nebo. And it says here, Nebuchadnezzar asked them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, uh, the lyre, sorry, the harp, the drum, and every kind of music, fall down and worship the statue I have made. But if you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God who can rescue you from my power? And who is the God who can rescue from my power? You can imagine for a moment, it's almost as if it's being, a, a taunting is happening. The king is taunting them. What power could you possibly have? I'm King Nebuchadnezzar. I rule. Like Bowser and Princess Peach and Super Mario. He's got this, you know, wrong image of himself that nothing can per penetrate his kingdom. <laughs> And yet, these men, these three collective, and I appreciate it wasn't just one, it wasn't just Shadrach and then Meshach and Abednego just kind of cowered off. It shows that the three of them, they knew better, and collectively together, they decided in their heart that they were to worship God no matter what. They were going to trust in God no matter what because they weren't afraid of this king's imposed consequences because they rightly believed and feared the one true God. The one true God. When the king asked them, you know, don't you serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? The king is used to people going his way. There's times and places in our life, especially as our culture continues to shift and change and be less and less godless and wicked, that the, the powers to be will impose and put mandates upon the population. And one point in time, we will be in a situation like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what will we do? What will our response be when we face that fiery ordeal? And yet we're instructed in Proverbs 9, 10, it says this, Solomon writes, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. These men were wise beyond their years. Think about it. 419 years after Solomon penned those very words, here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're in Babylon, and Babylon was able to capture and subvert Jerusalem as part of God's punishment for the Israelites worshiping Baal, engaging in child sacrifices to Baal, and other forms of iniquities which violated God's law, the Torah. And so rightfully so, we know that there are tests that we go through in our life, and these three were put to the test, and they, they aced it with flying colors. And as a result, 
of the refusal to worship this mute idol, which I have to put in there. It's important to note mute. The idol, the God was doing nothing. There was no wisdom coming from this gold statue. And as a result of what they did, we believe that it was Jesus who met them in the fire. The fourth one in the fire as we were singing today. And what, is, what I appreciate even more profoundly here today is right at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, Paul says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Whenever we were not led by the revelation found in Scripture regarding the Word of God, we can be led astray. But here we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not led astray. They responded with faith. Look in verse 17. It says, if the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But look at verse 18. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. They weren't going to do it. There was no compromise. And yet, to take it into today, there are many times where as believers... And there's no condemnation, but especially in the church today, so desiring to, to fit in in culture, we, they bend. We move to shift, to be current, to be popular, to be hit, a hip, to fit in. But we can learn from these three that says, even if God does not rescue us, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you've set up. The supernatural trust answering this fiery threat before them that no matter the outcome, even if God didn't intervene as they believed that he would, that would not shake their resolve to trust in God. And so as Shadrach in verse 24, as, as Meshach and Abednego went into this furnace, it was so terribly hot that even their, their handlers burned up and died because of the intense heat. That as they went into the furnace, the king saw another face as the three faced the fire. Jesus, the fourth man in the fire. Supernatural faith. Supernatural faith. You know, like you, I try to just visualize this account, just how intense. Hollywood can't even compare to what that scene must have been like. The three, collectively, going into the fire together. That's why it's so fitting when we look to the spiritual gifts. Paul says, we are all members of one body. We're a family. 
We're in this together. To each of us is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, to collectively work together, to serve the Lord together, to encourage one another together, no matter what. And we need the gifts because there's times where there's disbelief and we need the supernatural trust of God to press on. You know, in the natural, when the odds appear stacked or look, you know, stacked and grimmed against us, the Holy Spirit can move and seed that faith when we need it most. Do you believe this? Amen, I'm right there. There's been many times in my life, I've already mentioned the church plant. I mentioned it when I was dealing with a cancer ordeal myself and just trusting God. Lord, I, I need you. And yet you may be here today and say, awesome. This sounds awesome, but how about something that hits a little closer to home? You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was eons ago. Well, there is something this century, when I was reading this passage, looking to a fiery ordeal, the name of a young woman, Rachel Scott, comes to mind. Rachel Scott was one of those who were killed at Columbine High School in 1999. On April 20th, her and 11 of her classmates and one teacher were gunned down, mercilessly killed by Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. Now, not only as the reports happened that Rachel was the first victim, but she was known as a devout Christian. And this wasn't something, there are reports, you know, you love how the enemy wants to take something so beautiful like this, and someone who martyrs and gives their life for their faith, and they say, well, that's not actually what happened, and they try to tear it down and, and you know, twist it. But in Rachel's own journal, according to her parents, who shared it with the world, you can see it online, it's revealed the trust she had in God. That she also was wise beyond her years. She writes this in her journal. I am not going to apologize for speaking the name of Jesus. Even if I have to sacrifice everything, I will. Even if I have to sacrifice everything. That's in her journal. And the only eyewitness account was her classmate, Richard Costito, who according to reports was having lunch with her at the time that the killers were going through the school and Richard told the police this, they were yelling at her about God, do you believe in God? And the story goes on and then he said that she answered the question and that was literally, I quote, literally the last minute of her life. In fact, he claimed also that he too was asked whether he believed in God or not. And get this, in the craziness of the world, when he said that he didn't, his life was spared. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Rachel Scott stood the test. She didn't bow, she didn't cower in the midst of the statement and the question. She trusts in God and said, yes. Whatever she said, however she said it, God saw, you think for her, the words are, well done, my good and faithful servant. Rachel 
I'm sure she didn't know the outcome by the answer that she would give. Nonetheless, she's a martyr. She showed this supernatural trust in the midst of the fire of these gunmen. And as I was reflecting on the story, tremendously moved, wondering if I would have the guts by the Spirit to do as she did. These words of Scripture came to me, and I wrote these down in relation to the trust she must have had. 1 Thessalonians 5.10 says, And he died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Amen. Amen. In this story, in all these stories, whether it's the woman with the issue of blood, the three wise men, and Rachel, they had this supernatural trust to trust in God in specific situation, no matter what. You know, their faith, as we saw from these accounts, it defied the human limitations and enabled them to experience the miraculous manifestation of God's power. And so as we conclude today, let us be moved perhaps even challenged in the gifts of the Spirit and to desire that the Holy Spirit would fill us afresh, even with the supernatural trust of God, no matter what we face. This is my prayer. When I, you know, look back on the story of the three guys and the story of Rachel, even the woman with the issue of blood, after 12 years and everything that she endured, that didn't deter her in her faith to trust in Jesus for healing in her body. There's things that happen in our life. We go through circumstance and we don't quite understand God's timing, but he's always aware of it all. He's present through it all and we can trust that he's the fourth man in the fire, always. Always, even when the world says he's not here, he's not alive, we know that he is with us. Because we believe in Jesus, we have a saving faith, and by the gift of the Holy Spirit, a supernatural trust in God. And so I'm gonna invite the worship team to come as we close, and for a time of, of worship that I know will be uh, befitting of this, a time we've had as we look to Scripture together, to each one is giving a manifestation of the Spirit, and to another, the gift of faith, and to another, a gift of healing. And as the worship team plays and leads us in the time of presence of the Lord, I encourage us to remember that just as God worked throughout human history, he desires to continue to work within you. We can follow the example of Jesus and the other followers of, of the faith that trusted in God no matter what? Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the promise of your word. Lord, your scripture tells us that everything that's written, Lord, is, is for our benefit to remind us, to instruct us, to guide us in our relationship with you. Lord, thank you for the saving faith, first and foremost, that we enjoy because we believe in your son, Jesus. In addition to that, Lord, we thank you for this teaching of the Apostle Paul reminding us that in addition to that, 
your spirit fills us with various gifts, enabling us in this case with a supernatural trust in you and your, your power, your ability to move no matter the situation. Help us, Lord, to, to cultivate time in our life to lean into your spirit, to see how you're moving and active in all of our circumstance. Lord, thank you for the teaching moments that we all face in our life. Lord, may we like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego trust in you even when we face fiery ordeals and situations. And Lord, I'm reminded of scripture, reminds us that we're able to extinguish every fiery dart of the enemy because of our faith in you. 